Your attention, please. <laughs> the Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. All right, before we start, just as a programming note, I did not add more Rise of the Resistance stories into our show notes. I'm happy to talk about it, but... Yes, and as a programming note, the last thing I wanted to do was put more Rise of the Resistance. Like, <laughs> I, I, I was sitting there getting, getting ready to, you know, uh, tonight and, you know, just kind of catching up on all my Disney news, thinking, sweet, we are finally free. We're going to talk about some non... <laughs> uh, Rise of the Resistance, non Galaxy's Edge content. And then I came across this article from Blog Mickey and I thought, well, that's really interesting. I kind of want to talk about that. <laughs> and so and it is. here we find ourselves. There is more Rise of the Resistance. It is my fault. But basically, uh, Blog Mickey has been keeping track of the guaranteed boarding group right which i guess the difference between guaranteed is when disney starts telling you you're in the backup right mm -hmm. okay and essentially they you know were were charting this each day and showing that i guess the 20th so on the 19th of january the last or the first backup boarding group was group 134 which was actually a lot higher than it had. It looks like leading up to that, it had been in like the 110, 120 range. But then on the 20th, the backup boarding group started at 88, then 86, then 80. Like suddenly, with the exception of the 25th, there is nothing over 100 that is a guaranteed boarding group. And so I, they suddenly drop like 50 groups day over day but you know, even even taking that that was a little bit higher than what it had been, like twenty to thirty groups are that were guaranteed. They're so they're suddenly no longer guaranteeing, which I thought was really interesting. The backup boarding groups are kind of like flying standby, where you you get on there and say, "Hey, I wanna I wanna go on that if I get the chance to." You know, great. But I think it's good that that they're you know we've talked about managing disappointment, and I think that. Backup boarding groups is a really good way to manage disappointment. Tell you know, tell people like, hey, this is not a guarantee. Because we're going to try to get you on there, but right, because the people the first day, you know, in in group one fifty or whatever that didn't get to go, who had waited all day, you know, like got in a boarding group at seven a.m. and waited until like nine or ten, and and was like, oh, okay, well, I guess we don't get to go. I guess we'll just use this you know, fast pass thing tomorrow, like they're at least learning what to do and how to manage this wildly popular, fairly unreliable attraction. So if they, if they know, Hey, we can get through 80. Well, so we'll call 80 groups guaranteed. Then well, great. And, and it should, it should be noted that these aren't actually guaranteed, right? It's just no, I know. not. Well, I just, for the, for the clarification, for those of you listening who haven't haven't read this this article, like the difference is Disney says you're in a boarding group versus you're in a backup boarding group and your boarding group will only get to go in if all boarding groups are get through. But um, again, according to the article, if you are in a non-backup boarding group and then you don't get in, 
apparently Disney has been offering a one day ticket and a fast pass to get back on to Rise of the Resistance. And that's awesome. That is definitely good. So I don't know if they if they're settling on like a number, you know, or if it or if it varies day to day. But one thing you can do, like we were talking about last week when Rise didn't open until two that day and and you know they kind of could quit assigning boarding groups Mm -hmm. one thing you can do is if you're going to settle on like let's just say for the sake of of talking a hundred if you're going to settle on a hundred boarding groups and you so you start assigning like one through well in an ideal world where they didn't all sell out unless that or they didn't all get booked in less than a minute you you could you know start to assign groups one through 20 for the first hour or two and then uh oh something's going wrong and suddenly the the size of the boarding group starts to shrink you know it, it, again in a way to minimize disappointment minimize uh uh waiting and all that so again like i sound like a broken record at this point but i think this is a great idea and it's worked out really well even though the ride has been pretty unreliable well we 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 don't we know we know there are times when it's unreliable i don't know if overall it's been unreliable but i just I thought I think it was com- comparatively speaking. If you if you compared the launch of Rise to the launch of Smuggler's Run, it is comparatively pretty unreliable. That's that's probably that's probably a fair assessment. But yeah, that they cut so far down on these boarding groups, just it's. Uh, I I will I want to know how long it's going to take them to. I assume that at some point they would start to ramp it back up, right? Because the end goal here has got to be to get to the point where you don't need boarding groups anymore. And, and how far are we in? We're like, it came out December 5th. So yeah. we're almost two months. So we're almost two months and they're still having to do boarding groups for this. Is boarding, are boarding groups going to end for rise of the resistance? I mean, okay. So uh, sorry, I gave you, I gave you the easiest question because on an infinite timeline, yes, <laughs> boarding groups will end. And so will rise of the resistance. Uh, as the sun, you know, eats the eats the planet, rise of the resistance will no longer be that important. But will it in the next? Uh, let let let's say three months. In the next three months, will boarding groups end for rise of the resistance? Yeah, I don't know. In the next three months, no, I don't think so. Okay, where do you see them? Because I like the next three months. That's February, March, April, right? Then you're butting right up to summer. Is it going to suddenly, are they going to end it in summer? Or are we looking at something that could possibly go on into the fall? Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a reason why they would be in a hurry to get rid of them. Oh, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they're going to be in a hurry to get rid of them. I think they're going to get rid of them when there's no longer a need for them. Because. Oh, you gotta, you you gotta book those fast passes. Sorry. There is a reason. I guess. They will go away, like we'll know when they're about to go away, when the amount of, quote, guaranteed boarding groups, you know, is like in the 150s, when they're, or, or 200s, you know, when the number of, of assigned boarding groups is twice what it is now, you know, then, then we'll know, like, okay. Or, or just when they, the, the demand for it, when suddenly at like noon, you're able to still get in a guaranteed boarding group. Right. Yes. Because there's so many, because the ride is operating at capacity, whatever that capacity is, you know, 2,000, 3,000 people an hour, whatever it's supposed to be. I, I, you know what? I, I figured it out. I can tell you how, if you're, if you're sitting there wondering, you're like, 
gosh, these guys are right. When will boarding groups end? If you need to know for sure when the boarding groups are going to end, keep your eyes open to the Disney Parks blog when they announce the boarding group farewell merch. Boarding groups are leaving like four months <laughs> after that. How long after boarding groups go away do they start Fast Pass, do you think? Is that is it an immediate thing or do they run it as standby only for a while the way they did Smuggler's Run? As long as boarding groups have stayed around. How? I, boarding groups weren't around that long for Smuggler's Run, right? That's my, my I, admittedly faulty memory. Are. So did they do uh, Smuggler's Run boarding groups, or did they just do boarding groups to get into Galaxy's Edge? I I feel like it was more boarding groups to get into Galaxy's Edge. But anyway, I think it's going to be straight from one to the other. Because Mm. boarding groups have gone on for so long at this point, that they're going to just want to migrate it from one to the other. I don't don't think there's going to be a standby-only period for Rise of the Resistance other than Boarding groups. Boarding groups is the standby only version of Rise of the Resistance. That's fair. That's and now again, that's my own personal feelings on it. I can't I can't guarantee that. Do you think they'll have boarding group Tervis tumblers? They've got Tervis tumblers for everything, dude. <laughs> I don't think Disney wants to call any more attention to these boarding groups than they have to. I think they're wonderful, but I don't think Disney likes that they have to do this. There were pins for for paper fast passes. I've got I've got some of those, I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, but paper fast passes were great. They were. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's it. They're they're around for a while. This is, okay. This would be like having a pin for overflow parking. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Like a car <laughs> just on a uh, like uh you know Mickey and Minnie in their in their like cartoonish car on just like a hump of grass next to a tree. Yeah. And and here's and here's the thing. It's one of With those a parking tram off in the distance. No, no, it's it's actually one of those kinetic pins, you know, the ones that have the moving pieces and the moving piece is Mickey's door that doesn't open nearly far enough because he's been parked <laughs> too close to the tree. <laughs> if they if they had that pin, you know you'd buy that pin. You'd love that pin. That would be your favorite pin. But yes, it I I will take I will take your point, but yeah. Ugh. Boarding groups. Okay, can we can we Let's try really hard not to put Risers. Hey, hey Disney, how about y'all don't do anything like just just let Rise of the Resistance be, you know? I finally stopped putting mini Evan news stories in in here because it stopped being like it's just a it's just a part of Disney now. It's funny you said mini minivans because uh like <laughs> you almost said it. I almost said it. Every time I saw one when I was at Disney, I was like, "Oh, I kind of forgot that was a thing." I didn't because I because I looked at it uh, as an option at some point. And I was like, nope, not paying that much. <laughs> I used way too much, you know, with issues with, you know, a child, a sick child and everything. Mm-hmm. I had to use way too much uh, Uber and all of that. And man, it is expensive to get around town. I I was wishing for a uh, rental car, but then I reminded myself how much it would cost me to park said rental car. And then I'm like, eh. Just kind of up a creek, whichever way you go. Anyway, yes. What's our what's our next story? Let's. There is no more rise of the resistance. So I feel like, man, maybe a year ago, Disney demoed these. I can't remember what they what they called them, uh, but they were they were these animatronics that I I think they were demoed in the uh, in the context of like using them in a Cirque du Soleil type show where you could have 
an animatronic character swing around, you know, off of a trapeze or uh, something like that. Well, and okay. wait, wait, wait. That's do, you, a, do you remember? Do yes. you remember that? Yeah, it was, the, back, they had the, it was back last year. Well, no, like 2018, like midway through 2018, because I'm looking uh, as you're talking because I'm I'm great at listening to you. Uh, it looks like like back in July, there were a bunch of YouTube videos of the uh, Stuntronics. Yeah, it was like a totally black animatronic character that could maneuver itself in the air. Yes, like swing though, off of something and maneuver though to say trapeze was a is is perhaps a little bit much because if I recall correctly, and I'm about to, uh, you know, also do great audio things, which is to hit play on a video while I'm talking, but I feel like they were like swinging this sucker from some sort of a it was trapeze like but it was more like a trebuchet i want to say would be a closer but i think the the idea was that it would eventually be able to swing from something like a trapeze so that some more some of the more dangerous stunts at a show like cirque or something like that could be done by these animatronics and you could have, you know, something well, and that they was could, they could human be done, shaped. Yeah, not just fly safer, through the air impressively, but also con- consistently, right? Like a human, right. if we're not we're not perfect. We can't make the same adjustments every time right. and adjust for wind and, and all those sorts of things. You you could launch a robot, you know, 200 feet into a net. But anyway, this story is about them using that technology to have Spider-Man swinging above the Avengers, Avengers campus at Disneyland. And I think that is a wonderful use of this technology because Spider-Man, the, the demo that we saw, the all, you know, all black trapeze swinging demo that we saw in 2018, the movement was very very much like spider-man it's pretty exciting to think about that you know not it probably wouldn't swing over people's heads necessarily but seeing spider-man swinging over buildings and stuff like an actual an actual character swinging over buildings like spider-man would be awesome well okay so uh if you if you go look at the the video and the concept art the concept art definitely shows him being over buildings which makes the most sense because you've got to have somewhere to hide kind of the the launch and retrieval areas landing areas uh because when spider-man does break his neck from a from a slight miscalculation <laughs> it's probably best that guests aren't there to see that um wow that that ruins some magic for me even uh but not not so much so so number one there's that and then number two the video just looks super cool. And I was excited to see this because quite honestly, I remember the Stuntronics thing, right? But mm-hmm. I've seen lots of like Disney does lots and lots and lots and lots of R and D. And a lot of times they come up with cool stuff and that's like you see it being announced as hey, Disney came up with this cool thing in R and D, and that's the last that you maybe hear about it. And it could be like five years, 10 years down the road, and you may not even recognize 
what it became when it finally came out. So to actually see that, like, honestly, I thought this was going to be sort of like, uh, what is it, Boston Dynamics? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get me wrong, their their robots are going to, like, something is going to come of those eventually, but at some point you're just like, okay, well, that's another cool thing they've figured out in a fixed environment. Oh, look. And, like, I appreciate getting to see all the steps forward, but I expected the Stuntronic stuff to be more like that, right? Like, here's a cool thing. And then this year I expected, you know, maybe we would see some step forward with that. And then another step forward to actually see it being used and and to see what their plan was for it all along, I think is really super exciting. And now I, now the problem is I'm going to have to plan a trip to Disneyland to go and see this thing because we don't get it over at Walt Disney World. And that it resembles the R&D so much. Other than slipping a costume on one of the you know robots from that R and D video, it, that it, that's what it looks like. It's really impressive that they they like nailed it so well a year and a half ago, and and now we look at it and it I, I looks wonder was basically this, the same. Was like chicken and the egg here, right? Like did they did they say hey we need to have a flying Spider Man now let's create an animatronic that can be a flying Spider-Man or did they create a flying Spider-Man and say, what do we do with this now? Like, this is super cool, but, um, we don't have a lot of like super acrobatic character. Oh, wait, we just got all these, uh, you know, we've got these, this Marvel universe stuff. Now Spider-Man would be a good fit, right? No, no, I just, I completely discounted using that in a park. You know, I totally thought this is going to be for a show. So that's that's something else that's interesting to me. Like, are they going to tell you when Spider-Man's coming? I feel like I, it can't just be a surprise. Maybe maybe Spider-Man's music starts playing, and then all of a sudden he flies across some buildings? Yeah, maybe. Because it's it's got to be a pretty... Oh, I know. What about if there is... What about if the way they do it is they do street-most style, kind of like Galaxy's Edge, right? Where, you know periodically kylo ren comes out and stuff like that Mm -hmm. have spider-man come out and have more to the because that's the other thing like just spider-man flying across technically is super cool but it's going to be like a one-off thing right he's i mean i guess they could load up two or three of these things and have him jump back and forth a couple of times by using multiple robots or something but i if you were to make this all part of a bigger show you know, he's running and then suddenly there's a building blocking your view. And the next thing you know, he's jumping and flying. So this to me is like when they, I can't remember what iPhone it was, a 4S maybe. They, so since the original iPhone, there, there had been a, uh, uh, accelerometer that could tell when the phone was in portrait or landscape mode. And so like, you could have a keyboard for landscape mode. You know, Safari could be used in landscape mode. In, I think the 4S, maybe the 5, they added a gyroscope. So the phone could locate itself in three dimensions. Like, not just which way am I tilted, but in six axes, you know, axes. It could it could tell you, you know, which is the screen facing down, is the screen facing up, what's the angle, and... That extra bit of, I don't, I don't, just input, I guess, just totally 
revolutionized how like smoothly you could interact with games and stuff like that. And that's kind of how this. And you see amazing things. And you, even if you knew, because it's because there's a gyroscope in there. It doesn't matter. It still looks amazing. And in fact, even more amazing, they fit a giant, they, they put a gyroscope in there and figured out a way to make it work to do this. And that's, to me, that's, that's this, that's this technology is like, holy cow, they came up with a way to actually make that work. Watching these human-sized, human-shaped robots consistently soar through the air and position themselves in midair and, as a human would do, you know, kind of twist around and stuff to get into position for a landing or whatever, like, to consistently watch these robots do that is incredible. Their, Their understanding trajectory and speed and gravity and where they are in the in their arc of flight and and stuff like that and it's it it's incredible to me like i i this is the kind of stuff that i i love it's like those drones those intel drones they're tiny and there's a million of them and they can spell things and they all fly in sync with each other and it seems impossible and yet it it works flawlessly and and is incredible like there there's just those there's every every once in a while there's a piece of technology that is just like i don't know how that works but it not only does it work it it works so flawlessly that it it's inconceivable yeah it it blows your mind and that's that's what this is so yay uh and boo that it's not coming to walt disney world please sort out the stupid ip stuff so that i don't have to go to well, but then you know what? Then I would complain that Disneyland and Disney World were just copying each other. So I guess, yay. Who can we throw at Walt Disney World? Well, you can't have any of the Marvel characters. No. Um, Tinkerbell? That would be so cool. Tinkerbell's no longer just flying out of the castle. She's swinging out. of. She's got an arc to her. That would actually be pretty sick if you could, instead of having her, you know, zip line out, to have her like soar out. And especially since that's at night, you could even have like some wings, you know, and some way of of having it like glide and just paint them black and they would, you know, not be visible. I think that would be pretty awesome. You could you could basically make like a, a robotic Tinkerbell plane that could glide itself <laughs> down into the landing zone. Oh man. Either that or uh I, I suddenly realized Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, well duh. Should have thought this of that. This is like one. <laughs> this is his bread and butter, my dude. It's not flying though. That's falling <laughs> with style. I think that'll do it for this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at MTM Podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MTM Podcast. And you can visit us on the web at missingthemouse.co. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And until then, have a magical day. Bye.